Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Bracken. You're listening to Kings Alaska podcast. I hope the word encourages you and you get a touch from God that brings transformation and equips you to experience life with people, power, and purpose. Thank you for joining us. Enjoy the word. Tonight, you have three different preachers, three different preacher couples, 10 minutes each, total of about 30 minutes, so long as they stay to the time clock. All of them are departing tomorrow, basically. Our first team is going to be heading off to Indonesia. Rick and Pia Beckers. And yeah, let me brag on them just for a moment. Trying to remember how long you've been here, but it's eight years. They're graduates of King's School of Ministry and tremendous leaders. Pia has been our one of our main chefs, cooking for our conferences and helping us. And, and uh, Rick has been a powerfully used at the hospital and so many other places as a chaplain. He's done more funerals than I've done in 25 years. He did more funerals in a year. And I've done quite a bit. Did you, did, you, did you get a count on how many funerals you've done? It's, it's just, uh, it was overwhelming, really. The enemy hit him with some physical challenges and was able to overcome that. And they have a powerful call to Indonesia. And we are so blessed that you call this place home. And we're going to miss you terribly, but at the same time, we're excited. Indonesia is going to experience the power of God. And uh, Pia, we're going to miss you in morning prayer and that fire you bring. And you're such a blessing. Put your hands together for Rick and Pia Beckers. Two mics. Two mics. Two mics in your clock. Oh, my goodness. Look at all you people out here. Wow. Tell them to be seated. Huh? Tell them to be seated. Oh, be seated. I'm sorry. Be seated. <laughs> well, this is some night for me, some night for my wife. Uh, how long has it taken us to get to this one spot here? What? Oh, okay. It's taken us 15 years to get here. We've had Indonesia on our hearts for that long. It's been a really long, long, long journey. Um, and the last eight years, we've had the honor to be in this church. We've had a lot of prophetic words. We've had the School of Ministry. For all you guys that are going to School of Ministry, it's awesome. And uh, we've had a lot of mentoring from a pastor and a lot of support from the King's team. Um, I had a prophetic word from Bishop Hooks, and he was telling me that uh, we really need to be under this covering, under this pastor, under this teaching, and during the period that we went through school of ministry, the prophet told, told me personally that I have a lot of chips, a lot of rough edges that need to be smoothed out. And Pastor Daniel has definitely smoothed some of my rough edges out. Still got a few, but uh, it's not too bad. Anyway, so we want to thank Pastor tonight for releasing us and letting us go to Indonesia. 2 Corinthians 5.20 in the Amplified Bible says, So we, that means all of you here, 
um, have been called to be ambassadors for Christ, and as through Christ, we're making his appeal through us. So we are God's representatives. We are his voice, we're his hands, we're his representatives. I don't know if you guys know it, but, you know, obviously, you know, we're missionaries, but actually we've all been called to be missionaries. We all have the responsibility of sharing the Gospels to everyone that we come in in, uh, touch with and uh, throughout the world. So please keep us in prayer. We have some real unique challenges in Indonesia, and it's not like um, going down here, for instance, down the street and uh, ministering the word evangelism is illegal there, so you can't evangelize on the street. We don't speak the language in Indonesia. We don't have a home to go to. We're just going to arrive. We're going to arrive at the airport. We're going to have a suitcase and a backpack. That's it. And certain certain parts of Indonesia, you know, there are some some um, Islamic uh, terrorists there. So there's been church bombings. There's been Christians martyred. It's 96% Muslim, you know, where we're going, so conversion is a real uh, uh, challenge. But we have the Holy Spirit, so we don't worry about that. There's a lot of strongholds, but those strongholds are going to fall. And the reason they're going to fall is because every knee shall bow to the name of Jesus. In heaven, on the earth, and in Indonesia, England, Amsterdam, and Tucson also. So, you know, in the name of Jesus. So we ask that you uh, pray for us and also pray for the Haggertys and um, pray for the Chewies, our close friends. Uh, we'll be sending out monthly uh, newsletters. Um, so we have a card that you can get. It's in the uh, lobby. And if you give us uh, your email address, you know, we'll be sure to get out the video blogs that we're going to do so you can see what we're doing. So we love you all. We are going to miss every single person here. I'm going to miss my pastor and the other pastors, Pastor Vince, thank you, and thank everyone here for supporting us, and yeah, that's it for me, I can't talk no more. Here. <laughs> so, Puji Tuhan, praise the Lord. Tuhan, Tuhan itu baik, God is good. We couldn't come this far without thanking the church family. If I name everything, my time will be up. (laughs) So thank you for everyone that has helped us to come to this point. Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen. Okay. Fun facts about Indonesia. Indonesia is in Asia. It has the highest Muslim uh, rate in the entire world, more so than the Middle East. It's the fourth largest population next to China, India, United States. It's got 273.5 million. It is the largest archipelago in the world with 17,500 islands. There are still 100 uncontacted tribes in Indonesia. The Lord has set us to go to the city of Bandung. That is right over there. I can't reach it. Anyway, um, it is called, where is going to go? Right there. It is called the Silicon Valley of Indonesia because of the technology. It's got schools, it's got universities, it's got businesses, it's got colleges. 
the Lord has impressed upon our hearts to go and reach the new generation because they are tired and they're seeking and they're looking out of the way of the tradition. And that is our calling. So revival starts with each one of you. You have to be desperate for God. Be desperate for Jesus. You know, yesterday, I'm going to read this verse and then um, in John chapter 4, verse 35, it says, Do you not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. It has been prophesied over us that said, those that have gone before you rejoice to this day because you will go and gather the harvest. It will not be a time of warfare, but a time of harvest. I had a dream and I told, I, I don't know if I told Pastor Daniel, in my dream, I called him up and I said, Pastor, you got to send some laborers because the harvest is full. So yesterday, as we were walking along the church property, the new building, this song kept ringing in my head all afternoon, all night long, all morning. Why are we going? If you will allow me, Jesus at the center of it all. Jesus at the center of it all. From beginning to the end, it will always be, it's always be Jesus. Jesus be the center of your church. Jesus, be the center of your church. Every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus, be the center of it all. Nothing else matters. Not your house, not your wealth. Nothing in this world will do. Jesus, you're the center. Everything revolves around you. It's not us. It is not us. It is all about Jesus. Indonesia needs Jesus. We're sacrificing because what we has done for us, we cannot ever repay it. And it's a sacrifice that only you know, Jesus can do. And so Jesus is the center. We love you all. I look at every single one of you and I'm done. Our, our next couple has been with us for about six years, and um, we have an ongoing debate about 
the best kind of tea. I'm, uh, they have valiantly served and as well as the, the Beckers reduced their lives to two bags basically, sold everything and are going off to Europe, to England and, uh, and they leave tomorrow. And um, that's where my family's from originally. And uh, I am very moved at your commitment and your sacrifice and your generosity. The Lord has seen all the seeds that you've sown and all that you've done. I believe we're going to get a great harvest, not only in Indonesia, but in England and Amsterdam is, and, uh, and really all of Europe we're believing for. Would you put your hands together for the shoes? I got my timer set. <laughs> Don't take my time. I won't take your time, I promise. <laughs> wow, where do we start? I got my hanky. <laughs> <laughs> Man, this journey started about four years ago for us, maybe five, when God spoke to us and said that we were going to Amsterdam, but not only going to Amsterdam, but going with KC, King's Chapel. Spoke to the pastor, and he's, he prayed about it. He says, yeah, you're going to plant a church for me. And ever since then, it's been a journey. And man, I'll tell you, this journey has been a faith journey. Uh, there's, there's no other way to describe it. It's a faith journey. Because every time we'd say, but God, what about, he says, do this. Then I will show you. But God, where do we go? What do we do? Go, then I'll show you. And that's been the whole journey. And it brings me back to Abram in Genesis 12:1. Where God reminded Abraham, or Abram at that point, when he was called initially, he said, go, leave your country, leave your family, leave your father. But he only partially obeyed God. He took his family with him. He took his dad. He took Lot, which that wasn't very good for him. And his dad ended up stopping in Haran. Instead of going through, he says, oh, this is a nice place. Let's just stop here. What would have happened if Abram would have continued on? You know, because we only accept a partial part of what God has called us to do, doesn't mean that God's promise isn't going to be fulfilled. It only means that the fulfillment of that promise will be delayed until we are ready to say, yes, God, here I am, use us, right? And this whole trip, this whole journey that we've been on, it, uh, it's been life-changing. He's revealed so many things to us. Um, it's been very humbling. Uh, we've had a lot of pride. It's hard to accept things from other people. Man, that was difficult. That was very difficult for us to accept help and gratuities and, and food from others because God said, give it all. Give it all. Sell your house. But God, where are we going, what are we going to do? Where are we going to live? Sell it. Then I'll show you. Okay. Um, that's what we did. What do we take? How do we pack? You know, because God's got a funny sense of humor. It, it started, we were going to Amsterdam. And then uh, we're in this hot air balloon, and God just, his wind just shifted us. Now we're going to England first. 
because he's not ready for us in Amsterdam. He's got things in Amsterdam that he's working on right now, but what he's got for us is much deeper. And so we're going to wait for God's timing, but in the meantime, we're going to rock it. We're going to take England. We're going to take Peterborough, and we're going to go to London. And through this whole thing, you know, it's, we've had, we've had some, uh, oh, what, uh, how do I want to say this? Um, some delayed obedience. Just like when God told me to quit my job. Uh, excuse me, uh, quit my job? I'm the man of the house. I'm supposed to make the money, not my wife. What do you mean? So I only went part-time. And God said, you know, he just kind of rebuked me and said, did I tell you to go part-time? I said, quit your job. And through that whole time, he, he has really showed us. And it got to a point where, honestly, and being transparent here, Kathy started to resent me. Because why is he sitting at home and I have to work and supply everything? And why do I have to be the, the breadwinner of the house? And God revealed that to her a few years later, and it was very humbling. And there's been a lot of humbling things, let me tell you. And I can let her touch on that if she wants. But, um, yeah, it, it's been an awesome journey. And I just got to thank Pastor Daniel and Karen for their, their belief in us, their faith in us, their encouragement. And not just them, but the entire team, the staff here. They've all been amazing. But the only thing I can recommend is when God speaks to you and you know he's calling you to do something, do it without any question, okay? Don't just do a partial obedience. Just take it all because you know what? There are no risks with God, none whatsoever. Now, there are sacrifices. Oh, God, there are sacrifices, and we've given everything. We have given everything. But you know, through this whole time, God has provided everything that we needed, everything. And the testimonies themselves can just go forever what God has done in these last few years for us. But it, God is amazing. And I thank you all for your support too, and your love and uh, your turn. Well, everyone would expect me to shake things up a little bit, so that's what I'm gonna do. So, um, all, all the children here, I want you to stand up. And if you're too short and I can't see you, I give you permission to stand on a chair. I want to see every, everybody that considers themselves a child to stand up. Oh, no, no, I meant. <laughs> Is that, yeah, I like the baby right there. I want you guys to stay standing. I only have five minutes. That is a huge challenge for me. But I am going to, in one and a half minutes, share my testimony I was eight years old when God called me into missions. I had been reading books, so I really recommend this to you guys. I'd been reading books about missionaries. I'd been reading about Gladys Aylward, and she went to China. And um, one night, uh, we were at a, a youth retreat somewhere, and this verse of scripture came out, and he was talking to Isaiah, or as we call him in England, Isaiah, and he said, the Lord is asking whom shall I send as a messenger to these people? Who will go for us? And Isaiah said, here I am, send me. The reason I want you kids to look at me just for a minute is that God showed me when I was getting ready to share tonight 
that there's some of you here that he has spoken to. There are some of you here that have that same call. When I heard that, I was eight years old, I put my hands in the air and I said, I want to go, I will go, I will go, I will go. And some of you have heard God's voice and some of you are not sure if it's God's voice. And that's what took me till I was probably 40 years old to recognize that God spoke to me. So I don't want you. That's why I told God, what do I want them to know tonight? I don't want you kids to get to 59 before you end up on your mission trip that God's called you to, okay? So if you think you've heard from God, and some of you have, I want you to go find a leader like Minister Kimmy, Pastor Kimmy, <laughs> Pastor Kirsten, and, and get it confirmed. You are hearing from God. If you heard, you know that was the voice of God, I'm telling you right now, that was the voice of God calling you. The other thing that nobody told me was that I could start that call right now. In other words, I waited and waited for somebody to tell me, you're a missionary because you love kids from other cultures. You're a missionary because you're a gypsy and you love to travel. You're a missionary because I called you to be a missionary. I gave everything away because God, missionaries are givers. They give everything. If this is ringing for some of you in your heart, some of you kids have heard that and you know that and you're like, yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. Yes, that's me. I want you to know it starts now, right? I, I didn't know that I, needed, I could be filled with the Holy Spirit. I went to like some church that didn't even believe in the Holy Spirit. Now I know you've got to get filled with the Spirit. You get filled with the, you ask God for every gift of the spirit. And then you go to that playground that you go to every week and you go find a child and you start telling them about Jesus. If you're in public school, you go, you know, I worked in a public school and I'm going to tell you right now, they need lights in those classrooms. If you're in a public school, you go and be a missionary right there in that public school. So that, that your call is right on. You confirm it with Pastor Kimmy, and then you start functioning as a missionary right now. And the same goes for you, for the parents. Some of you God has called, some of you God has spoken to, and it's like, um, but I'll wait till my children are grown up. You guys can sit down. I'm going to wait till my kids are grown up. I'm going to wait till um, my retirement is nice and full. I'm going to wait until the, my, you know, my grandchildren are, are, are grown. And, and it's like, no, don't wait. Because God is going to take care of all those things. And if you just stay, you're going to miss it. If you stay, you're going to miss it. And I'm out of time. I knew I'd run out of time. But I, have, I do have something for Pastor and Pastor Karen, um, so forgive me. I have the microphone. What are they going to do? I have one also. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. So that was for the kids. This is for, for you. I'm just, um, as we were praying about what to say, this came about a month ago. This is what the Lord told me. 
He said to, to me, he said, you are the ones who have opened the plug to the dam. Many others will follow. The Dead Sea is dead because it has no inlet or outlet. King's Wasilla has come through a season of filling from the inlet. We are now entering a season of releasing through expanding the outlet. If you had not had the leadership ability and the courage and the tenacity to release us and obey what God has said. And I, I don't even understand half of the load that you guys carry or even the whole leadership team here at King's, I don't. I can only imagine. And if it was me right now, I'd be like, dear God, no, they're not going and send me 50 more people because you're going into transition. But I really believe that the Lord is, has, has, he has just given you that, uh, that wisdom to say go, and he's giving you the wisdom to release us, and this is the reason why we are the pioneers of what will be a great influx, an outpouring through the new building on the hill. The building is critical. The building is critical to what God is doing. The doors are gonna open when we leave on Monday. It's no surprise we all leave on Monday. There is gonna be a spiritual shift, and when that building opens, there's going to be another shift and there's going to be an outpouring of people coming. Even as you're sending us, God is going to repay a hundredfold for every one of us that is leaving. He's going to give you back more, more, more. I mean, compared to us, they're going to be amazing. So, okay. So <laughs> and that's... And that's what I really felt. I just want to thank you for having the courage, having that. And I, it's such an honor to serve under, under your leadership and under the leadership of kings. And it's been just a, a life-changing. And we will make you proud. <laughs> Come on, put your hands together for that. Wow. Our third set of preachers are the Haggerty's. I'm going to bra brag on them for a moment. Now, uh, they've been missionaries to Alaska and pastored in Bethel and different places. They've been here for a long time. You can be seated. I might brag on them just a little bit, a little bit longer. Um, came here, I want to say, is it 12 years ago? 10 to 12 years ago? In 2009. They came, they sat uh, right around where Mayor Edna and Noel are, Shirley right there, right around in that area with their family. I remember the first service she came in. And uh, we had been through quite a transition back then and the uh, Lord gave me a word, prophesied over you and well, the rest is history. They've been powerfully used here in so many ways. And then they went off and pastored two other churches in the lower 48. And then God, in his infinite mercy to us and them, called them back to Alaska. And they've been here for now six years. Six years since they've returned. And he has just uh, passed the baton. They have just passed the baton of the King's School of Ministry uh, to Pastor Kirsten and our amazing team. 
They have uh, been so wonderfully used by God here. And uh, they are going to Tucson, Arizona to do a church plant along with a couple of other families that are here in the church. And we just love you and we're excited. So they're not, they're, they're missionaries to Tucson. They're going to do a church plant to Tucson. Now you can stand up on your feet. Put your best hand clap together for the Hagmans. Oh, we love you guys. I'm going to stick to my notes. I'm not going to be the best orator tonight because I have some specific things to say and it's quite an emotional night tonight. I love the church. Where would we be without the church? I didn't always love the church. I've been in some churches that have been hard to love. I've been immature. I've been easily offended. If you're having a hard time with the church, my best advice to you is stay in the church. It's made up of us. Even Jesus offended people in the church and he was perfect. Stay in church. For me, I got saved at 13. It was like finding the water bowl. I never left. I'm never leaving. It's my life. I love the church. The church is the difference between heaven and hell. And I don't know about some of you, but the older I get, heaven becomes sweeter and sweeter because people that are dear to me are there. The church is between marriage covenants being honored and divorce. The church is the place where trauma turns to wholeness, where suicide turns to life abundant, where fear and anxiety melt into peace, where abandonment and rejection turn into acceptance and family, where addiction is morphed to freedom and hopeless turns to hope, where despair turns to encouragement, anger turns to joy, and murder turns to forgiveness. The church is us. My dear friend Jill, where's Jill? She's here. She's struggling with us leaving, and I mean sincerely. And to the point where there was a risk that Jill might miss what the Lord is doing with this church. I told Jill, it's your fault we left. You did such a good job loving us and helping us become whole that now we can go out of this place and fulfill the destiny that God has on our lives. Some of you don't know this, but when we came back here six years ago, we had been through a really bad time. And I don't mean somebody took my parking space and I had a hangnail. I mean, we had been the victims of a horrific crime. It obliterated my family. Not one area of my family was intact. Everything was on the line. And we lived in Arizona. And we looked at each other and our daughter-in-law and son and said, what are we going to do? And my wise daughter-in-law said, you're going to go home to Alaska because it's good soil. And we packed two U-Haul trailers and we drove home to the one place that we knew every time we came in the door, we would encounter his presence. And we knew that was our only hope. And tonight, there's an energy in the house because the Lord wants me to tell you what he is doing with this church. I'm going to read a scripture, John 12, 1 through 3. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Already some big things happened. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served where Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, not lard, nard, an expensive perfume that costs like a year's wages. That's what scholars say. 
everything she had, and then some. And she poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. When she poured out the offering, fragrance filled the room. I'm going to tell you something. This is a house that has learned what extravagant worship is. Extravagant worship transforms the atmosphere. When I got here, we're all about the warrior side of the Holy Spirit, but he's a comforter. Sorry, Pastor Daniel, I'm going to say this about your church. I felt like I got swallowed by a marshmallow. I needed that. I needed the kindness and the softness of a giant marshmallow of the Holy Ghost swallowing me. And when I would come into this house and I would see worship from the parking lot to the toilet cleaner to the nursery to the worship team, it did something in me. I want to challenge you. Do not think your voice and your part is not changing the world. It changed the world. Your extravagant worship was louder than my pain. And it happened every single time. It didn't matter if I was mad or cranky or depressed or didn't want to be here. Don't think that your two cents of off-key singing isn't enough. It drowned out the voice of the enemy that was out for my marriage. It was out for my kids. It was out for my destiny and it was out for every life we're going to touch in Tucson. Everybody wants to know why Tucson? Simply this. Every city in America deserves a church like this church. And Barry and I reached the point, there are some practical things, there are some spiritual things, but we reached the point where we were like to Pastor Daniel, Pastor Karen and Dr. Morocco and Pastor Colleen reporting for duty, where would you like us to go? because we're gonna make a difference. Let me tell you what his presence does. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. In his presence, there's freedom and liberty. In his presence, mountains melt like wax. In his presence, there are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, a refuge is created. In his presence, rest and peace abound. There is so much angelic activity. You guys, we must glow from satellites. Can you imagine the angelic activity? in this building. In his presence, people are refreshed. In his presence, his glory comes, cloud comes down. In his presence, reverence, holy fear, and repentance can flow. In his presence, chains are broken. In his presence, emotions are healed. Fears flee and bodies are healed. Faith arises, strength is renewed, trust returns, forgiveness becomes possible. The spirit of the Lord is poured out. Demons flee, direction, understanding, and insight come. Wisdom is poured out, hope is restored. And let me tell you what happens when you've been in that and the marshmallow spits you out. You become a warrior, raised up, fully equipped, strong, ready to be an overcomer, bold as a lion, more than a conqueror, and say, I got enough for me and your house too. Yeah. And that's why every one of you, you got to love every single person. You guys have been so honoring of us, but you don't know how broken we were. We were desperate. 
and it was his presence that you carried in. So don't you think one more time, I don't make a difference. If you're online, thank God you can be online. But if you can be here, get here. So Jill, it's your fault. Jill loved us well, as along did many, many, many of you. If you're not being sent, you're loading the ones are that are being sent. And I just wanted to thank you guys so, so much. Thank you, Pastor Daniel, for putting up with me. I've not always been easy to put up with. And I love this church. And I love what his presence has done. But this church has come to understand what a fragrant offering can do for the world. Amen. Love you, babe. Amen. You can turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. You've heard a lot of things tonight that are sounding like they're all talking about the same thing. Well, that's not by accident. That's the design of the Holy Spirit. None of us got together and said, okay, you say this and you say that and then you say that. But there's been a theme that has been presented tonight. And uh, although Pia quoted uh, the verse that I want you to look at uh, or read it, uh, we're going to go there again. John chapter 4, verse 35. Uh, while you're turning there or you're holding that place, I want to say, along with how everyone else says, thank you, Pastor Daniel and Pastor Karen. Uh, I can't look at you at the moment because I'll lose it. Um, not only are you guys my pastors, you guys are our dear friends. And you have loved us well, and you have walked us through deep waters. And we have always known that no matter what, you were there and you cared for us. And it's greatly appreciated. And I want to echo an amen to what my wife said. Some of you we know very well. Others we were just getting to know. Some of you we've probably not even met because of what God is doing, bringing more and more people here. But I want to echo what my wife said. You matter. You matter to the Lord. You matter to this city. You matter to this valley. You matter to this state. You matter to this world. And don't think for a moment that you don't. Uh, Help me, Jesus. All right, John chapter four, verse 35 says, do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. They are already white for harvest. Depending on the translation that you read, you'll hear that verse stated, don't you have a saying from the NIV? Say ye not from the American Standard Version. Do you not say from the ESV? King James Version, say say not ye. And then New American Standard Version, do not you say. No matter what version you read that verse in, Jesus was challenging his followers. He was challenging his followers to change their perspective. He was challenging his followers to stop viewing things as normal. He was challenging his followers to do things different than it had been done before. I'm emphasizing followers because there's a difference between believers and followers. Now, maybe you never thought of that. Do you believe in Jesus? Yes, I do. But are you following him? Well, I don't know. Because see, there's a lot of people that believe, and I'm not going to belabor this point very long, but if you look at John chapter 2, verses 23 through 25, Jesus had just done a bunch of miracles, and it says in verse 23 of John chapter 2, now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover during the feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs which he did. But don't miss verse 24. But Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew all men. 
And he had no need that anyone should testify of man, for he knew what was in man. What's my point? There were a lot of people that believed Jesus because of the miracles that he did. There were a lot of people that believed, oh, Jesus, yeah, I know him. Yeah, I, I saw him, he did that. But he was looking for followers. And when people who believed then committed to become followers, Jesus challenged them. Don't say, always do it this way. Don't say, I can't go because of this. Don't say, the time's not right. Don't say, it's not time yet. But what Jesus was saying is, look now at the fields because they are ready. And my message to you tonight is, no matter what you may be thinking that you can or can't do for the Lord, I would simply echo the words of Jesus. Do not say. I can't. Do not say it's not time. Do not say it's not my season. Do not say I don't have the training. Do not say I don't have anything to offer. Do not say I'm nobody. Do not say I'm not worth uh, God using me. Do not say it's pastor's responsibility. Do not say it's the missionary's responsibility. Do not say somebody else is going to tell them. But hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying tonight. Now is the time for us to get out of our comfort zone, to get out of doing things like we've always done, waiting for the right moment, waiting for the right time. Now is the time for you and I to step up and say, I will do what you're calling me to do. And what he's calling you and I to do is to go. Matthew 28, 19, Jesus said to his followers, go, not go when you're ready, not go when you've got enough education. When Moses stood before the burning bush and God, said, was, God was telling him, I want you to go and tell Pharaoh. He said, what do I have? I don't have anything. Look at me, I can't even talk. God said, what's in your hand, Moses? He said, it's a stick. He said, throw it on the ground, it became a snake. Now he said, pick it up, it became a stick. What was God saying to Moses? If you'll obey me when I tell you to go, whatever you have, everything you already need, just trust me with it. Put it in my hand and I will do the makeup that difference. So there's a challenge tonight. Jesus challenged his followers. I'm challenging you. We leave tomorrow morning. Our flight leaves at eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. Two dogs, a cat, five, five check bags and four carry-ons. And we're headed to Tucson, Arizona. We don't have a house yet. We don't have a building yet, but we're going because Tucson needs Jesus because people in Tucson are lost and dying and going to hell. And as I wrap this up tonight in the time that I've been given, I couldn't help but think of something the Holy Spirit, thank you, uh, Daniel, the Holy Spirit reminded me. Jan and I were youth pastors for a long time. And in the 80s, there was a popular song that came out. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you didn't. I'm not gonna sing it right now, but I wanna quote you the lyrics. It was by a gentleman by the name of Brett Lamb. And the title of the song is, Please Tell Me Why. And he wrote it from the perspective of someone who died and went to hell. And the lyrics of the chorus says this, tell me, why didn't somebody tell me? Tell me I was running out of time. Tell me why didn't somebody tell me that I was headed for the fire? Please tell me why. Please tell me why. Listen, it's not time to say, to say no. It's not time to say not. I can't, I won't. In the context of this passage of scripture, Jesus had just witnessed to the, the woman at the Samaritan woman at the well. She wasn't qualified to tell anybody anything. She was going to the well in the middle of the day because she didn't want the ridicule of the other women in the city that would go out in the morning because she'd had five husbands and she was shacking up with the next guy. And yet when Jesus ministered to her the words of life, she went into the city and she said, come see a man who's told me everything about myself. Surely he's the Christ. 
See, you don't have to have a Bible college education. You don't have to wait until Pastor Daniel recognizes you, although he will if you say, here I am. You don't have to wait until some angelic uh, visitation appears. God's already told us to go. He's already commissioned each and every one of us, each and every one in this room, every one of you online, you are commissioned by God to share, to go tell people, look, I know somebody who has told me everything about myself. I've encountered him. His name is Jesus and he changed my life. And if you'll give him an opportunity, he'll do the same for you. Don't let your neighbor, don't let your family members, don't let your coworkers, don't let strangers in Walmart at midnight ever experience the message of that song. Tell me why didn't somebody tell me. We hold because Jesus is in our lives and we're anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. We are the blood bought, the redeemed, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are the uh, appointed and called and anointed and sent children of God. Uh, uh, Who is on the Lord's side? We are. If God is for us, who can be against us? There is no weapon formed against us that will prosper. Everything that rises against us will fall. That's who we are and they need to meet him. And maybe you're here tonight and you have said, I'm not ready. Pastor mentioned this morning a a sermon entitled, what in hell do you want? Because there's nothing in hell you should want. I'm I'm gonna add to that, why are you waiting? What reason do you have tonight for not surrendering to Jesus? What reason do you have tonight for completely surrendering your life to Jesus? To the point that if he said, sell your house, which we did, our dream home. If he said, give everything away, which we've done. If he said, move across the country. Or he said, get up in the morning, bake some cookies and take them next door and tell your neighbor that Jesus loves them. What are you waiting for? The Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. The Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our hearts that Jesus is who he is, we will be saved because uh, repentance and confession bring about salvation. As I bring this to a close tonight, if you're here tonight and you've been wondering, well, one day, one day, when I'm ready, when the time's right, when all the stuff gets worked out, when I clean myself up, when I, when I, I, and you have list and list and list of excuse after excuse after excuse. Look, I've been there. I'm here to tell you tonight, surrender. Surrender to him, surrender to the call on your life, surrender to the call and commission of Jesus in Matthew 28, 19, and surrender your life to him if you need to recommit your life to Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me before I turn it over to Pastor Daniel? If you're online or you're here in this room and you would say, first and foremost, I've never thought about the fact that I might end up in hell and you're telling me there's a way out 
and his name is Jesus. So I want to give my life to Jesus tonight. Maybe you're visiting here. Maybe you came. There's so many people here. We have guests that came because we invited them because it was our last night. And I'm so glad that you're all here within the sound of our voices tonight. But if tonight you need to surrender your life to Jesus, I'm imploring you. I am imploring you as a representative, as an ambassador of Jesus. God is imploring through me to your heart right now. Why wait any longer? If you're here tonight and you need to surrender your life to Jesus completely, you need to ask him to come into your life as your, as you, to be your Lord and Savior for the first time, or you need to recommit and rededicate your life because you've drifted. And as you continue to drift, you drift further and further away and you endanger your salvation. If that's you tonight, would you live with every head bowed and every eye closed? Would you lift your hand all across this place so I can pray with you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for those that are raising their hand. Once you raise it, you can put it down. I'm gonna pray for you in just a moment. The second thing I want you to think about and consider is, are you fulfilling the commission that Jesus has put placed upon us? Because see, he told his followers, go. He didn't say, go if you feel like it. He didn't say, I'm making a suggestion. He told his followers to go. If you're here tonight and you've not been going and you know you're supposed to be, whether it's across the street or across the nation or across the world, Wherever, whatever fits. Why don't you repent of that tonight in just a moment? But let's handle that first thing first. If you, if you raised your hand, would, you, would everyone stand with me all across this place? Pastor Daniel's gonna come in just a moment. But if you raised your hand or you didn't raise your hand or you're online and I can't see that you raised your hand, would you repeat this prayer after me if you raised your hand or you didn't, but you know you should? And let's all do it to reaffirm our faith tonight. Repeat this prayer after me if you would, please. Father God, thank you that you love me and you have saved me because I'm repenting tonight. I'm coming to you, Lord, saying I'm sorry for my sin. And I'm asking you, Lord, to forgive me and to cleanse me of all unrighteousness. I'm committing, Lord, to live for you, to be your son or daughter from this day forward, to serve you, to obey you, and to grow in the knowledge of who you are and who I am in you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me, for saving me tonight. Thank you that heaven is my home and God is my father in your name. Amen. Here's what I'm, my challenge before I give it to Pastor Daniel. Tonight before you go to bed, tomorrow morning when you wake up, however long it takes, you ask the Holy Spirit to search your heart. And if he's been speaking to you and you've not been listening, my advice to you is start listening. And if he is telling you uh, a specific person to, to go reach, to talk to, to pray for, then you go do that. Don't wait. If he is calling you to go, well, I can't because get rid of the I can'ts and the say nots and say yes. Amen? Thank you. Well, I hope you were encouraged by God's word. Thank you again for listening to Kings Alaska podcast. God bless you. For more great content, go to kcalaska.com and may God's face shine upon you and give you peace.